it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Brain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Hello and welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me and Merry Christmas. This is the Northampton Town Podcast and I'm Charles. I hope you're feeling festive. With me to talk all things cobblers are of course Chazzy Coleman and our very own bearded Santa, Danny Brothers. How are you guys? You okay? Wonderful, thank you. Have you got mm. the Christmas bourbons out yet, Danny? That's the most important oh. question, and we'll get it straight in there. <laughs> They're right next to me. Right next to me. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to be eating them as the podcast goes on. Oh, I do love a Christmas bourbon. Oh, Got to love a Christmas bourbon. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's almost the law to have to eat them while listening to the Christmas edition of It's All Gobblers to Me. Yes, exactly that. And if you've got a beard like me, getting some stuck in the beard as well is quite essential. Oh. Saving them for New Year's Eve. I'm just going to sleep on New Year's Eve at this point. So. <laughs> <laughs> Unless oh, we're doing and... Facebook Live, are we? Are we going to, are we going to do like a, a New Year's Eve special? Oh, like with a countdown? Yeah, get the gin out, could... get the get the bourbon out. As soon as we get to four, we'll yeah. just show uh, some goals. Yeah. Four nil's the new four nil's the new two two, isn't it? <laughs> it is, isn't it? Four nil is is the new. Oh, I'm depressed now. What have we done? We've already got it. We've gone this far. Chesy, save us. Well, tis the season to be jolly and all that. I mean, Keith Girl had a great idea about cheering us all up. Fans in the stadium and... Oh, no. But, uh, no, yeah, it, it, it didn't go to plan, did it? <laughs> what, but what it's all right. Plan? It's Christmas. I'm not sure if there was a plan. Well, I don't think there is a plan, but just the, oh. generally the plan in people's heads was to go and enjoy watching the Cobblers, but backfired a bit, didn't it? Just a little bit. Mm. Let's let's be honest. Um, well, yeah, four nil, second game in a row. I don't, yeah, I, it's one of those, isn't it? Before we actually get there, I, there are a couple of things that, that we need to say. So first of all, we need to say a huge thank you very much to Matt Sammons of Cobblers Vlogs for jumping in and saving the It's All Cobblers to Me podcast day last week and and doing our preview show for us because well i think we're okay in saying it both me and danny were were in our sick beds weren't we danny we weren't very well last week but we're back we're okay we're feeling all right and 
yeah, and unfortunately, we, we were just in no fit state to be able to record any sort of preview pod whatsoever. So, Matt, thank you very much for stepping in and stepping up and, and filling those very small shoes of ours. Uh, did a cracking job, I think, didn't he, Danny? He did, yeah. Loved it. Enjoyed that. Um, to give him his full title, Matthew Bovril Salmons, of course. Um, of course. Is now, no. <laughs> He's, he likes his half-time Bovrils, does our Matt. Um, but no, great job. Yeah, then, yeah, thanks, Matt. That was... Very good. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to have a preview show this week because there might not be a game this week, but we'll get to that later. Well, that was it. That was the other thing that I was going to say was just just in case we won't at the time of recording, we do not know whether the Ipswich game is going to be going ahead or not. Ipswich have had what six is it? Six members of staff and players yeah, that have one, got a positive test back for COVID. Um, so it looks like they're trying to have Christmas off just as well as posh. Um, only the big boys can do that, of course. You know, everybody else would be scrutinised, I'm sure. But uh, case, if they if they played us, it's probably Christmas off at the moment. So I don't, I don't <laughs> think I should be too worried. To be it's one of those, isn't it? I, you do kind of, it's harsh to say it to start the pod like this, but you kind of feel like that we could put our youth team out. Uh, or they could put their youth team out, I should say, <laughs> and they'd still beat us quite comfortably. They could um, even play Di Cornell if they wanted. Oh, don't. Uh, I, I miss Di Cornell. Gets me misty-eyed again now. Yeah, I mean, you've actually you've actually put me in a really foul mood. Hang on one second. Oh. Oh, is that sound? Oh, there we go. Oh, oh, I feel better now. There we go. Some jingle bells sorted me right out. Um, Back to the depressing nature of the Cobblers. Um, A 4-0 defeat at home to Lincoln. What more could you ask for for Christmas? ER Cobblers fans, Merry Christmas. I mean... It, It feels like, at this moment in time, I could literally just pick up last week's episode... Cut out the bits that we said about the game against Shrewsbury. Uh, who were we? Crew. That's yeah. where we were um, against Crew, and just drop them here because more or less exactly the same thing, apart from the you know we didn't go ahead in the first minute, but pretty much everything. It's just been awful. This last week and a half has been dreadful, hasn't it? Yeah, I think the the big issue with it being so dreadful yesterday, if I'm honest is that I, w- I didn't have a sense of optimism because that would have just been foolish. But um, I was refreshingly surprised when I saw that Keith had mixed it up a little bit because I think we'd all unanimously been crying out for some changes up front. Um, and I'm really disappointed that that didn't pay off. But I think we've said it and we could say it all night long. Um, that until that defence is sorted out, then we can't do anything. Um, I think when you look at a football team, you've got 11 players on the pitch, of course you have, but you need to look at goalie and defence first and then build. I think if you haven't got those in place, then it's never going to be successful. And I think we've got such gaping holes. In fact, it's just one large gaping hole of a defence that that means that we just physically it just immobilizes us and means that we cannot play football because we just have no style or no, well, no ability to defend firstly, Um, which I think is, is the main core bit of the issue at the moment. And I think it's become more evident since Sheehan's been out, which hasn't helped, but we've said on several occasions as Cobblers fans throughout the years that you can't just rely on one player. Um, And I think it is massively concerning and We'll probably come on and talk about Keith Curl, you know, in depth later. But if he is here in January, that has to be the number one priority and it needs to be fixed because the defence is just woeful. Danny Chessie mentioned there that she wasn't giving any optimism or having any optimism pre-match. But you did at about, what, five to three? How very foolish of you. How very foolish of you. It was Danny, about- Danny, you said that this it was it's five to three is almost optimism time, isn't it for you? Oh yeah, yeah. Every week I fall into the same trap every week of getting optimistic and thinking, you know, actually this this might be the time when it turns around. We've we've just been hammered in the week. Maybe we'll bounce back. There's a couple of changes, like Jeffy said, and it took about a minute and a half. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we got an early free kick as well. I thought, oh, here we go. Let's launch this upfield and 
see what happens with it. Oh my god! <laughs> like Pedge Bowich throwing a boomerang, not to be <laughs> stereotypical or anything. It just comes straight back, and there we go. And that's it. Let all the optimism drained out of me into my sink. <laughs> to your Whoa. sink. Yeah. Uh, something else that you mentioned, Chessy, was that there were changes that were made. And that that actually made you feel, well, both of you have said this, actually, that, that you quite liked the fact that he'd made five changes from the team that had lost 4-0 to Oxford United on Tuesday night. Um, but Gary Mills in commentary, I thought quite interestingly, said it's one one for one of the things that for him that he's noticed is that he's been co-commentating maybe about three times now for Radio Northampton. And the one thing that he's noticed is that he's never seen the same team more than once. Um, and he feels that actually it's it's constantly chopping and changing the side is actually becoming an issue and, and stopping us from becoming a cohesive team that knows what they're doing. A lot of the things that I've basically been saying over the weekend is that we don't know uh, it doesn't look like we know what we're doing as players on the pitch don't know what it's like what they're meant to be doing for each individual job or anything like that part of that Gary Mills seems to think is continuity and essentially there being absolutely none and it's not just the injuries that we can blame for this because Keith Curl has done this from day one hasn't he Danny yeah yeah he always seems to try and bring in characters doesn't he that that fit in wherever and can just drop in at the drop of a hat and be versatile and but it doesn't do a lot for you know like that continuity like you said we spoke to the the crew fan a couple of weeks ago and he said we spoke to him and he says things like oh our left back and our right back are really good so and so is really good like can you actually say that about us it's there's nothing we can say going into every game thinking if we do a preview for someone else like i'm sure you've done for uh, Sky and BBC and TalkSport and all that sort of thing, Charles. But, um, <laughs> but could we actually say, oh, you've got to look out for our so-and-so position because we don't have a clue who's going to be there. And I don't, it's not helping at all. We, obviously, we had to make changes from the other night because it was terrible again on, on um, Tuesday. But it just, there's just, it's just so patchy at the moment. Like we don't, it just seems to be like throwing stuff together and see what, see what sticks. Nothing's sticking. It feels a bit to me like when you're playing football manager and you can't get that win yeah. no matter what you try and you're literally playing players in all different sort of systems, formations, you're trying different players in different positions, you're trying them with different player roles and yet still nothing actually will work. And the one thing that eventually starts to work is when you just go, oh, sod it and just leave it. four four two. don't put any player instructions on and just send them out there and just go, just play a game of football. I mean, maybe that's the one thing that Keith needs to do. I, I think, um, do you know, what? It's, it screams out to me, um, and, and we've said it quite a few times. But I think the, the key main fundamental issue is recruitment, hey. um, and and the lack of leadership that we have in our squad, and the inability. Um, to have any kind of drive and determination on that pitch. And I th- I had a con- I can't remember who it is, and I'm really sorry, but I had a conversation with somebody on Twitter um, a couple of weeks ago about Kean Bolger, and, and not just him individually, but the defence in general. There seems to be no leadership whatsoever and no ambition to want to defend for the team. And I think that is my concern. And Keith Kerr got it so right last year, eventually. It took time. Um but he got it so right with the characters. And I think that's why we're all feeling so deflated and disappointed is because we expected him to bring in characters that would stand up to that huge challenge that it is. And, and it's just not working. And it, I think we, it, it's kind of inevitable, I think. And I think we can all see it coming. It does feel like for some reason, as you, as you say, Chazzy, the, the, the characters thing Curl said that he, when he makes a transfer, he meets a player, what is it, twice? To make sure that they've got the right character, the right temperament to come into this group, into this squad. And so that that makes you actually kind of go, oh, this is really good. We've talked about it on the pod, haven't we, Danny, where we've said that's actually really, really good, that he's doing that, he's getting to know them as best as he can before he actually goes and signs them. But it's now kind of proving that maybe he got it wrong. 
Because as much as we can turn around, like last week, I think it was me and you, Chesie, had that disagreement over the whole leadership thing when it came to people like Kian Bolger. You want him to be loud, and I said, oh, well, he can lead in different ways. Um, but right now, you know, I, I, you know I'll, I'll be honest now at this point, I agree completely and utterly with you and everything that we were saying that time, I was trying to do it so that there was an argument. I agree completely. The fact is, is that it, it seems like he is such a shy and just meek, def, you know, person. I don't see how he can be our captain. I don't see any leadership from him on the pitch. Having said that, I don't see it from any of them. Yeah, that, I think Saturday. that's the issue. I don't think anybody can see any anyone with any kind of personality, which which sounds quite cruel. But I mean, actually, in that. In fairness, the only one that really wants to get stuck in and, and have a bit of a go at the referee and, and get in people's ears is Ricky Holmes. And we've, you know, he, but the trouble is with Ricky is we cannot just rely on that one human being. You know, he is, he's quite a vulnerable player in himself, in, given his injury track record and the fact that he is effectively at the end of his career and he's not on a, he's not on a contract that is, is permanent as such. It's just game by game contract, isn't it? So, you know, you can't really just throw him into the captaincy and then him, you know, he might fall injured and then and then that's it for, you know, a month or whatever. You you can't do that. It's too vulnerable for that. Um but he I think he is the only one that that stands out and Adams hasn't had enough game time. I mean, you could arguably give that captaincy to Sam Hoskins, who would simply do a better job than Kean Bolger, but are any of them showing any leadership at the moment? No. So I, I wanted to sort of go through the goals. I mean, you've already <laughs> sort of mentioned the first one, but I mean, they were just essentially, they were all just easy. That yeah. that was the most disappointing part of it, that, that Lincoln didn't really have to work to score, did they, Danny? At one point, I remember thinking, all they've got to do is just get it on target and they can score whenever they want to at will. Yeah. Yeah, so that, well, the second one was that really simple header from the free kick, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So I crossed it in, simple header, 2-0. After we've actually probably had our best spell of the game, which wasn't saying much, but um, we actually looked like we could go back into it a little bit. Um, they've just swung one ball in. We're not, oh, I don't know who's supposed to be marking him or what we're supposed to be doing in there, but he's just nipped in. It's 2 0 and that's it. Game over. You just After that, you just think we're not getting back into this. Like, there's no way we're getting back into this game. And that's the problem. We don't see anywhere on that pitch. I mean, Tim Ogle thought he was the ultimate <laughs> optimist, didn't he? That said, saying that we can still turn this around but realistically there was just nothing there that said and there isn't anything there there's nothing on the bench that you could think of that could change it and could make a difference and even Ricky coming on wouldn't have changed it if he came on any earlier because you wouldn't see the ball enough Danny Rose didn't see the ball at all we were all crying out last week for Danny Rose to be given a chance he's had two games he's not had a sniff of the ball really has he um whether that's where he's been played or not I don't know but it's it's kind of pointless having that type of player in there where we haven't got a plan to get the ball to them. Um, and you look at other teams, make it look so simple with the way they move, the way they pass it, and the way they just, they're set up so that they, they can break away in, at their will, like you said. And like the second two goals, or the third and fourth goal, sorry, was the third one, the one where we just got chipped it over and he mm-hmm. dinked it over Arnold. Uh, last one was just a breakaway. The guy came down the left and finished it off. It's just so so easy all the time, and yeah, it's it's just so frustrating. I just don't know where to go. It, it just has that feel of, um, I think you called it Charles on the on the WhatsApp. It's a it's like the funeral procession for Charles uh, for Charles. <laughs> 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 <That's not laughs> for, for Carl, um, it's just got that feel about it that it's just like everything's going wrong for him. There's injuries, suspensions. There's the players he signed in the summer not being up for it. It's. It's just got that feel of the Stuart Gray side where he tried to fill the, the, the squad with so many lone players. Um, after people got injured, it didn't work. It was so disjointed the whole season. And it's just got that feeling of a slow and really, really painful uh, winding up of his time here, um, which is sad to say. But it, I just, I just <laughs> I don't know where it's coming from, where, where any kind of formation of something that we stick to is coming from. After the Oxford defeat, Curl came out and said that basically we we disappeared, didn't we? Went the players just just he didn't say that they gave up. 
after they conceded, but they showed no fight. They showed no desire to try and even want to get back into the game. Do you think that there was more of a, a fight this time around against Lincoln, Chesie, or, or, or not? Um, do you know what? Uh, it's very difficult to tell, and I think that's when you know you have got a very disjointed team, really. I don't think that you can really... If if actually, if I sit here and look back at the entire season, I can't see many occasions where we've actually put up any kind of fight, really. A lot of the wins that we've had have been lucky, and we've just got away with them. And I think that is the fundamental issue, along with the leadership, is that there is no... There is no drive at all. I mean, they don't look like they're up for anything, Charles. You know, I'm discounting the fact that we lost to Lincoln. They're not up for any game. They don't come out firing on all cylinders. They don't come out to entertain. They just come out to survive. And and actually, you could argue that some of that is down to Keith Curl and the way he puts out tactics because we could have absolutely cruised against Crew after scoring in the first minute and we sat back. So a lot of it could be tactical, but they never... Never, ever, at any point this season, have they looked like they've been any kind of team with any kind of attack and fight. And for Keith Curl to say that they lacked it is quite an understatement. I don't think they've ever had it this season. It's a real damning verdict, that really, isn't it, Uh, Danny, that essentially there's no bite in this team, there's no fight in this team, and maybe, just maybe, this is... Like I said, the funeral procession um, taking place before our eyes. The worst thing for me is that you think, okay, we've now had for the past two home games, we've had fans back inside six fields. Um, A total of just over 3,000 have have been back in the games for those games against Doncaster and now Lincoln. Um, (laughs) And against Lincoln, we had jeering and ironic cheers and boos. These are our season ticket holders. These aren't, these are who you would maybe say are uh, amongst the most loyal area of the fan base. They're the people that go and part with hundreds of pounds pretty much in one go before the end of the previous season. Um, this time around, people went and bought season tickets knowing full well that they may not even get to go to a game this season, but they still did it. And even they're booing. That's the thing that is the most worrying to me. What do you think it says about it for you, Danny? Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you make a good point about it being season ticket holders as well, that um, if it had been anyone just coming into the ground and... You, you could kind of make an argument about it being, you know, casual supporters who just want to do it for, for just for a laugh kind of thing. But when you've actually got two thousand people who are genuine season ticket holders, will will who will part with that money no matter what, who will be able to go to every home game if 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 they could, no matter what's going on, you've got a big problem. And and actually, it's probably a bigger problem than it would be usually because you know that every single person that in that ground is a season ticket holder and you you can't just say oh you know there's a, you can't pinpoint who it is and say oh there's probably a thousand there that don't come here every week and they won't be back next week and um it does make it a little bit harder i think for for the powers that be to look on and, and see that happening time and time again okay well before we get to the post bag there is a question that i'm going to have to ask now because it's being asked across social media within the fan base, so we can't just ignore it, ignore it. Um, should this be the end for Keith Curl? Chesa, you go first. Uh, what my reply to that might shock you, but I think no. Not just yet. Um, on the basis, really, that I honestly don't think another manager is going to really help the situation because you've got those group of players. Yes, okay, you can buy in January, but January, the January transfer window is going to be a very different window to to what we ever have been used to. So my underlying feeling is that, uh, we've spoken about this as well personally, that he is massively overachieved as manager of this club. Um, he has set out this season to do one thing and one thing only, and that is survive um, by any means. 
by any, you know, survive by goal difference and he's done what he's he's contracted to do, like in my opinion, personally. Um, I think bringing in a manager now when we know we're probably going to be short on money, we're probably not going to have a lot of players at our disposal, um, I just don't think it's the right thing to do because actually, yes, we're sat here really heavily and rightly so criticising uh, a football team that seemed to be doing nothing right at the moment. And that's very difficult to then stand by and say that we should keep the manager. But I do think it is the right thing to do on the basis that um, if you look at the club as a whole and the way that it is managed and the way that Keith Curl has, has bred these players and the attitude they have or should have, should I say, um, it's, he's really turned this club around where it had no real direction. And I'm not saying that it's going in the right direction at the moment, because I honestly don't believe it is, but I have, you have to try and put your faith in a manager that has managed to turn it around. And normally at this point, I would be saying he's got to go, he's got to go, but there's so much of me that is remembering the state we were in, this time last year when we'd had even more of the season. I know we weren't in the relegation zone, but we weren't looking great. And we had a dreadful Christmas and everybody was calling for his head. And yet I know kind of by default we got into the playoffs, but, you know, we we did go up. And a part of me wants to just believe we need to just, he needs to just win. And I think if he just wins a game, everything may change. I think if we go too early... We sack him, try and find someone else, aren't able to spend in the transfer window. Nothing changes because those players are still there. You've still got to get those players through this year because I honestly don't believe you're... Because effectively, what we're sat here saying is that entire defence has got to go. Well, that's not going to happen realistically because we haven't got the money to do that. No club has got the money to do that. I'm wondering whether to capitalise on the fact that we've got, unfortunately for Ipswich, a COVID-19 outbreak and the fact that James Hennigan has also pulled the idea that actually the league may have to be suspended because so many have got it whether we use that as a bit of a stopgap just to reevaluate and get these players where they need to be because I, I honestly in my heart don't think it's the right thing to do yet to quote Dean Austin Danny to you <laughs> Can you see anyone else getting anything out of this lot? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to say, isn't it? Because it depends who you're looking at and what the plan is. Because I think the only plan financially that would make any sense at all would be to just say part ways with Carl, but then bring in John Brady and like a combination of Brady and Samo or something like that, if people are already here, um, which I'm not sure whether would make any difference. But I'm just, I'm, I'm just so down on it at the moment that I've just I've reached that point where I really love Keith Gull as a guy I really love what he's done I love how he gave us that moment when we went to the playoffs and we, we turned around the semi-final and we won that final in ridiculous style and he'll always have that the fear that I have is him undoing all of that by having like a really slow painful end to his tenure and like if we leave it another month and we've lost another few games 3-0 2-0 4-0 whatever he leaves under a darker cloud than he could have done. And I want him to be remembered for that celebration at Wembley because I think he deserved that. No matter how we got into the playoffs, I think we deserved to go up because we were in there. We weren't lucky to get into the playoffs. We had got enough points to go into the playoffs as, as the whole points of the game thing proved. You know, you can argue all you like about whoever was going to catch us or, or could have caught us or whatever. It's, it doesn't make any difference. We deserve to be in the playoffs and he deserved that moment. And he gave us those moments to, to remember that we'll all remember because we were sat at home and it was so unique that we that we all just like fell apart on that moment and I just don't want him to be remembered for something worse something like just really drowning out his tenure and people start to hate what he's doing because I don't think he deserves any hate he deserves to be in a place where he can walk away with something that he's done I know that's he won't walk away because that's not the type of guy he was he wants the same fight but at the moment I'm just thinking for the good of the club going forwards it might just need a change because it doesn't look like he is is able to compete in this league or set up a team to compete, to compete in this league. It looks like he's stuck to his formation. He's stuck to his ways about the way he plays. That it's just not working. It's just not getting results. He's making decisions about substitutions that are just odd, like bringing Ricky Holmes on in stoppage time for no apparent reason. 
Um, and when that, that thing starts to happen, I just start to think, how is the dressing room responding to you? Like Nicky Adams and Sam Hoskins came out after the game. They just looked so forlorn and they didn't look like they're two characters that would be up for a fight. They just looked so like desperate after the game and, you know, saying, oh, you know, we're up for the fight, we're fighting for it and the, the league's quality and stuff. Where you, you just need something coming out that's actually saying, we will turn this around. We can turn this around. We will do it. Um, you know, you, you need belief in that squad and I don't think we've got it at the moment. Um, and I think for the good of the future of the club, not to go down again, I honestly think it's time. Um, sadly, for him going, I, I, I don't say that in a hateful way. I don't say that to say like, oh, he's got to go. You know, I hate like, reading through Twitter and stuff, thinking and seeing stuff like get him out, get this guy out of our club. He's a clown, all this kind of crap that people say about him because he's not. He's a decent football manager. He's a decent guy, but I just think his time is up at the moment. And prove me wrong, please. I really hope he proves me wrong again for the second year running. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, the, the blog's starting to be typed, Charles. The non-existent blog's beginning. Um, and it, it makes me sad. It doesn't make me angry. It makes me really, really upset and disappointed to be saying it because I, I'm usually more patient than that. But I, I'm, not, I'm not seeing anything in it. I, I think, I think I, I'm still so undecided because in the, in the heat of it, I'm I'm definitely like saying this can't go on any longer, but then I sit back and I think about it, and I and I do. I tend to sit back and I tend to think about it in realistic fashions and sort of go, well, you know, I'll, I'll turn around and I'll go, well, if we sack him, that means that the football club have got to spend money out on his contract to to get him to leave. You know, there'll be a redundancy package essentially, um, which can we afford to do in these strange COVID times? But then I see, you know, the argument to that people saying, which is, you know, what will be more expensive for the football club? Will it be to pay off a manager and then have to pay another manager or will it be relegation and and therefore having to be back in League Two again? And I mean, look, I don't have access to the finances or the, the projections of those finances, so I can't tell you which of those is going to be more expensive for the football club. But the other part of it is, of course, you know, okay, at this moment in time, fans, apart from season ticket holders that have already paid, they're the only ones that can go and can buy, well, not buy a ticket, but, the, you know, there is no other no other funds coming into the football club. But the longer that this goes on, it will end up surely affecting season ticket sales for next year. There are already people, and, you know, there have been for months, let's face it, saying that they won't be renewing because it's Keith Curl's brand of football. I don't think it's him as a person, as you quite rightly say, Danny, it's it's not Keith Curl the person that people don't like, or at least I hope it isn't. Um, it, it's his brand of football that they don't like. And it's the fact that we're not winning, essentially, isn't it? That's what it comes down to, is that we saw last year um, with the playoffs with Wembley that actually everybody bloody well loves it when when he's winning games especially when we're doing it at Wembley and overturning a 2-0 you know deficit at half time of a two-legged affair uh, in the semi-finals we're all loving it then but when it's when it's going wrong and we're losing and we're doing that consistently then it's really bad and more and more people are starting to now say well this will be it for me, I'm not going to keep putting my money into this because I don't enjoy it. The enjoyment factor is 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 not there anymore for me. Um, and that's what makes me worry. And that's what I kind of wonder, is that the thing that actually Kelvin Thomas will, will end up being swayed on? Rather than it being about actually the results. You know, the fact is, is we are currently, as as we talk, one point above the relegation zone. Now, at the end of the day, if if we get to the end of the season in exactly that position, then the season has been a success. You know, we've avoided relegation. We have not gone back to League Two. We are still a League One club for the next season in hopefully a season that will be a little bit more normal than this one has been. But if there aren't any fans going to watch it because they're all tired of, you know, the brand of football and tired of watching unenjoyable football then 
is that not going, you know, that might be the thing that actually Kelvin Thomas has to look at and say, we can't go on any further with this. Um, like I said at, at the start, I, I still, I'm not sure. I, I feel like that, that he has got, um, how did James Hennigan put it? He's still got points in the bank from the playoff win. I don't know how many he's got left now after two 4-0 defeats in a row. Um, I do worry that that is declining very, very rapidly. Um, The one thing that I will say maybe in defence, and I mean, look, at the end of the day, every club is in the same position. But I wonder how much a lack of time on the training field is maybe costing us. Because it's quite clear that playing Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday constantly basically means that when the players are, are in training, they're not really training. They're just they're just ticking over. And you can't really do an awful lot to, to help improve them and to help them get better when you're concentrating immediately on the next game and trying to say, right, these are the players, you know, the way that they play, these are the tactics that we need to, to try and nullify that opposition and this, that and the other. I just wonder whether, like you've said, Chesie, having this uh, hope, I say, I say hopeful, I want this game on Boxing Day to be called off. So hopefully, you know, Ipswich is, that game gets called off and that gives us those extra few days and gives Curl time to actually work with the players on the training pitch more effectively and gives him more time to do that. Because, you know, we didn't really have a pre-season and, you know, we are a brand new squad. Everybody can argue with me and say every team's in the same position. I'd argue that they're not because we've got more or less a brand new squad. Whereas teams like Lincoln and Oxford, they didn't have as anywhere near as much player turnover in the summer. So, Maybe that's something, and that's what he needs to be given time to do. I don't think that there is a right or wrong answer. I think at the end of the day, there are going to be people out there who have made up their minds already, and it doesn't matter what anybody says, they're not going to change their opinion, which is absolutely fine. But the only person that really matters in this scenario, or the only people that matter in this scenario, are the people that run the football club and actually have to make that decision. And right now, the decision is being made to leave him in charge. And I think we're just going to have to accept that. And personally, I think that we should try as much as we can to get behind the team and support them. I totally if it's agree. Not, yeah, if it's not going well, it's not going well, but try and support them. Try and be that 12th man as much as you can. If you can't be at the games then try and do it on social media. If you can't say anything nice, then just don't say anything. Maybe. It's maybe the best thing to do with that. Um, you know, the players, I can tell you now, will already be feeling rubbish. Mm. And they will go on social media. Yeah. And and they will look at it and they will see it. So if you don't put something there, they won't be able to see it. Just interestingly, um, hmm. how many games are we in at the moment? 18, I think. Right. So... How I many might... points have we got? <laughs> 18. <laughs> right. So I'm just looking at... The... I think that's right. I'm just going to have to double check it. Okay, Hang no, on. that's fine. I know it's 18 for this year. Let me mute a minute. You guys keep talking. Sorry, this is an edit point. Let me just count up what we won in 2008. Bear with. <laughs> okay. Jeff is doing a maths. I've got Jeff a point to make. Maths. <laughs> Can you, you, you give, us, give us one? We'd need... Well, it'll take a point I'll... in a minute. Give the... Right, so... We've actually played 19 games so far, just for the record, and we've got 18 points. Um, The table looks like this. So Burton at bottom, having played 19, which is good. (laughs) We're not quite as bad as Burton. Um, They are on 13 points. You then come up to 23rd and Wigan, who have played a game less than us and have 15 points. Um, Swindon, who are on... 19 games played, 17 points. And Shrewsbury, who have played only 17 games and they're on 17 points. So as it stands, I, I mean, look, I would always say that I'd rather have the points on the board, wouldn't you, Danny? And I think Keith Curl has said that as well. Um, 
you'd rather have the points on the board because there's no guarantee that either Shrewsbury or Wigan are going to go and win their games in hand, is there? Um, there's not. Um, but there is things like Shrewsbury and Swindon and having new managers, um, potentially having a bit of a resurgence. Let's read we've won the last two games. Uh, Swindon haven't done so well so far, but there's a potential. You, you always look, is there four teams worse than you? And there probably is because we've beaten some of them and they've looked just as bad as we have. But <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just at that point now. I'm just like, I think I'm just tired and I just want some hope of some Richard hope of some, of something, of something that's going to change it and something that's going to get us those wins. But I just can't see where it's coming from. Can I dash right. hopes a bit, Danny? <laughs> Go on. Well, so, I haven't got any. That's what I'm saying. I need yeah, some. Yeah, I'm going to dash, dash them even more. Yeah, more. Guess how many oh, yeah. uh, points we had after 19 games last time we got relegated out of League One? No, when Stuart Gray, sorry, was in charge of League One. Uh, 12. Exactly, um, exactly the same 12? number as we've got right now. So we're perilously close to, I mean, to deja vu. To be fair, that was pretty tight, but it went down to the last game and we, we got relegated on a freak couple of results as well. So that's some hope. But <laughs> I don't want that kind of hope. I want some, something on the pitch to tell me what that, that we're going to be okay. Yeah, if you're going to ignore the what's going on on the pitch, though, Danny, um, and, and I know we can't really ignore that, but just to try and uh, give a glim- glimmer of hope for you here Go is on. that the league is really tight. It is, yes. It is so tight. Um, it is tighter than I have ever seen League it? One be for the last good knows how many years. As I said, we've got 18 points. Well, Oxford, who are on 19 points, are in 16th, so four places ahead of us, uh, 19 points they've got. And I mean, I'll be honest with you, you go all the way up to Plymouth, 22 points from 18 games. Okay, we've got, you know, they've got a game in hand on us, essentially. But that's there's only a four-point gap between us in 20th and Plymouth Argyle, there's not a four-point gap at all. Yes, there is. Sorry, I can count. A uh, four-point gap between <laughs> us in chance. 20th and Plymouth in 14th. So it's not It's not like we are cast adrift. No, it's not um, at all. And also, let's not forget, what is Keith Curl's contracted obligation for this year? We all know it is to survive. That's it. Mm-hmm. So if we do that on the last day of the season by one goal, then everyone's going to be singing and having a lovely time. Hopefully all of us will be there on the pitch having a wonderful time. You know, it at Sunderland away, which would be great. But do you know what I mean? Like I think we're, we're clutching at straws because we're so unhappy at the moment. But if you look back in May and we survive on goal difference or whatever, whatever it might be, if we were to survive, then you mm. only have to look at this year as an overriding success. On ev- out, If you consider everything that is going on within the football community, within the wider world, that will be a massive achievement. So that's all he has to do. So we might be sitting here really like unhappy tonight and we're really quite concerned that we're going to get relegated, but anything but relegation is a complete success. I don't care. Yeah, frankly, it is in the long term. It. Yeah, yeah, it, that, that's completely right. In the long term, I think it's the Oxford game that really did me in because uh, we've been used to losing to teams like Lincoln and Hull and Doncaster and whatever. It's the Oxford one that really like we we lose we've lost four 0 to a pretty poor Oxford team. Um, that that's kind of an anomaly from what we've been doing in terms of beating the bottom teams against points of the bottom teams, and I just. Yeah, like I said, I, I can't see anything there that's going to change. Um, okay. Maybe it's the January window, I don't know. Maybe we give them one more window and, and see what happens. But Camille Sinclair, come on down. <laughs> Get him in. Get him right in there. <laughs> okay, let's go to the post bag and see what you guys have been saying. Postman Neil, Postman Neil, Postman Neil and his Christmas post bag. 
Malcolm Butler got in touch. He's one of our Patreon members and he did this through our Slack channel, which you can join if you could become a Patreon by signing up at patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Um, as little as £2 a month uh, is all you have to do to do it. You get loads of extra content and access to our Slack channel, which is really good, especially on match days. It's a lovely little place uh, where we can all sort of have a nice chat, talk about the weather, anything but the football. Uh, so Malcolm Butler said, Dear Neil and his postbag. Neil's not here, but I've got his postbag. Here we go then. First of all, a potted history of yours truly, says Malcolm. First entered the hallowed county ground back in the 80s. So trust me, I know football poverty in all its guises. Became a season ticket holder, a privilege I had until my job on the Iron Road took me to Cornwall in 2004. You can take the boy out of Northampton, but well, you know the rest. So after the last 16 years, I followed the cobblers from afar. I've enjoyed the ups and downs and made the most of all the matches I've been able to attend. So with all the above in mind, we arrive at today. Lockdown has been a bit odd in that by the wonder of 21st century interwebbery, I've seen more of NTFC than I would have normally expected. So I was leaping around the living room in deepest, darkest Cornwall during our playoff campaign. Happy, happy days. Genuinely, I couldn't sleep on Friday night. I was so excited at the prospect of getting to see a real live sport, and I fair leapt out of the bed at 4am like a Matt Salmon and was on the road at 5am. 285 miles and a 4-0 defeat later, and I don't regret a minute of it. The boos at the end were totally inevitable, as was the mass exodus when the third goal went in. No point singling out players, it's already been done. What I saw this afternoon was 11 individuals. The limited crowd gave us a real insight as to how the team just are not working. We have a captain who makes about as much noise as a Trappist monk doing a sponsored silence for children in need. We have players who do their best, but simply don't have the support around them. Adams, Sam Hoskins, Watson. We have a player who is simply hasn't been given a chance in rows and two decent goalkeepers who must struggle to hold back the tears when they see our defence line up in front of them match after match. And we have a manager. Sorry, kids, I still like the bloke. He is a genuinely decent human being who, along with Graham Carr, Ian Atkins and Chris Wilder, has put silverware in the Cobblers Trophy cabinet during my Cobblers supporting lifetime. Don't ever forget that, kids. It doesn't happen very often. The big question, of course, is should he stay or go? Even after our utterly dogshite recent performances, we still find ourselves outside of the drop zone. Not sure why, but that fact alone just about persuades me that we have a case of better the devil we know. Given the obviously brittle nature of our squad, I still think Casey might just keep us up, but no more. Big decisions could then be made in the summer. I hope the powers that be at Sheffield United are thinking along the same lines. Anyway, I've rattled on long enough. Thankfully, my big sister still lives in Northampton and was on hand to give me a curry and a beer to ease the pain of the game. The long drive home back to Tier 1 happens tomorrow. Thank you very much, Malcolm. That was genuinely a pleasure to read and to read out as well. Made me giggle in many a place. Interwebbery <laughs> is my new favourite word. I want to go and visit Malcolm in Cornwall. I'm not allowed to do that, though, am I? No, you're not allowed to do that. No, we're Honestly, not allowed to travel, yeah. Are we not allowed to travel at the minute? No, you can travel as long as it's, um, you know, a, a necessary journey. Mm. It's, just, it's been like that since, well, March basically hasn't it um but yeah so there you go thanks malcolm that was really good it was great a really great sum up of of i think how we're generally feeling but yes completely valid about uh bolger and the defense absolutely um jonathan hillier also got in touch um in fairness this he got in touch with us about this before the game on saturday but i'm still going to read it out because i think it's still It's got a good question here. So Jonathan says, okay, a few days of calming myself down and looking at our realistic predicament. Casey is as good as we're going to get and no point, let alone money, um, to replace him. I'm looking at the next nine games until the end of January that will no doubt define our season. Lincoln at home, Ipswich away, Gillingham at home, Sunderland at home, Blackpool away, Lincoln away, Fleetwood away and Wigan at home. 
We need to be looking at a minimum 15-point return from these games, ideally 18 or more. The problem is, however, I look at it and I can't see us getting any more than 8 points. So by the end of January, we could be rock bottom. The pressure is really on Casey and the boys to find a way of winning. Don't care if it's beautiful stuff or every goal is a Pat Gavinar special. Winning must now come above everything else. Is anyone confident enough to predict any higher than eight points? So. (laughs) 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 So. um, No. Eight points is, is well, and anything more than eight points from Ipswich away, Gillingham and Sunderland at home, Blackpool, Lincoln, Fleetwood away, and then Wigan at home. We're going to win all but one. <laughs> no, genuinely, which, I reckon. Which one? I reckon. <laughs> I reckon Keith Curl is just suddenly going to have some kind of like epiphany, and he's going to wake up and he's going to be like, right, we're going to play total football, play out from the back. Kian Bolger's going to be running around like some kind of headless chicken, throwing balls into the box, left, right and centre. Ricky Holmes is going to score a load of worldies and we're going to be absolutely fine. We'll, we'll be 10th by February. Um, can I just check, have you taken your medication today? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's the hope that kills you. You've you got to think like that. I, You know, I have no doubt <clears throat> that out of any game this season for Keith Curl to come out, and for to turn everything around, it would be Sunderland. Just like the the arguably the biggest team in let's say the Championship and League One, um, I I reckon he'd just turn up and think right, this is the game where everything changes, and he'd just come out and absolutely storm it to like a five 0 ridiculous victory, <laughs> and then we'll all be we'll all be lauding him. You know, it's you just gotta you gotta hope, and you gotta hope that. Um, it does turn out all right because you know what? Why would you be a Cobblers fan if you didn't hope? That is that is very 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 true, um, Danny. Yeah, eight <laughs> points. Where are they coming from out of those? What have we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Right. Let's let's have a look through. I've got. I think I calculated six. You calculated six. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that Wigan straight away? You look at Wigan at home. You think that's got to be three because they're okay. Um, Ipswich away potentially one because they're not in a great state either, are they at the minute? Okay. We won't be playing yeah. Ipswich, will we? Well, we will at well, some let's, point. Let's just have a look. Let's just take it as if we are. Gillingham at home potentially one. As well. Oh, only one. Dane, okay. Yeah, I was, I was, I was thinking of the Dane factory yeah, comes back exactly. and we beat them. Sunderland, we're not going anywhere near. Okay. Um, Blackpool away, I'm going to go one. Okay. Lincoln and Fleetwood, we're gonna, we'll lose both of them, I think. Okay. I say that's for six. That's not that's for working out, Carol. Um (laughs) three, four, five, six, yeah. Okay. That's that's Um, not a good sign if um if Jonathan's saying eight would still see us rock bottom. Yeah. Yeah, that's my prediction. I hope I'm wrong. I'm I'm just going to go through and do mine now. Yeah, I'm literally doing it now. And and I'm going with we won't beat right. We won't beat Ipswich on Boxing Day. Okay, so we are going with it. The Ipswich game goes ahead and it will happen on Boxing Day. We won't win. We'll lose. Um, I think we'll beat Gillingham at home because of the aforementioned Vidane factor in that, you know, we'll want to get one over on him. You know, go there, will you? And do that instead yeah, of signing He'll just plant himself in Michael Harriman, though, won't he? Well, yeah, but I reckon Michael Harriman will deal with him. <laughs> Out of all of them, Michael Harriman is the most trusted centre back we've got, Danny. Not in the area, really. <laughs> no, 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 no. Charles, oh, Charles, Charles, so. hang on, yeah. hang on. Get Rakic back his, on. He'll hang nip on, his Charles. Rakic will deal with him straight away. <laughs> you, you're missing a valid point here, Charles. Am I? Yes. Harriman on, can be the only trusted player to deal with for day. Not just defender, player. Okay. Yeah, valid point. Cool. Just okay. putting that point out there. Oh, that's right. I've just gone through. Oh, I don't know how I've done this. I don't know whether I could actually... I don't know if I can actually say this. Right, oh, we'll God. beat Gillingham. Oh, God. We'll get a draw at Sunderland. <laughs> getting anything from Sunderland. We'll get a draw. Can, we just, can we just oh, cut got, that got, bit of negativity from Danny and play with it? It's at home. It's at home. It's a home game. Yeah, no, it is. If we, so, we'll, if we'll, we, we'll um, get a draw. If, if we get something from that Sunderland game, I'll eat some goat on the next live podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. Danny, that's a terrible, terrible thing to say. If you're listening, come on, you need to get us to win that game. (laughs) Keith Kerr, public service (laughs) announcement. (laughs) Let me go through this. If we win that game, we get three points and I get to enjoy some delicious goat. Don't change it. Don't change it. I've just said we'll get a point. All right? That's all I'm saying. Uh, We'll get a point. Right, Blackpool away, we'll get a point. I think we'll draw. I think we'll also draw away at Lincoln. I think... I don't know why. I think they'll be cocky with us and, and they'll end up being their own downfall and it'll be like one all and it'll be a Pat Gavin special or something from us. I think we'll beat Fleetwood away. I've never seen it happen. It's got to happen one day. And we'll beat Wigan at home. If we don't away. beat Wigan, we'll get relegated. I'm No, I'm yeah, genuinely serious. I've got 12 points from that. The problem, with that Wigan game, the problem with the Wigan game being at the end, it's right at the end of the transfer window as well. So if we don't beat them, then we're properly bugging. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right there. Okay. Uh, so I've got I've got 12. Danny, you've got eight. No, I've got six. Oh, six, sorry. Um, Jeffy? 18. You're going with 18 <laughs> points. Yeah, because it's seven games, right? Well, come on then. Who, uh, right, Ipswich. Win. <laughs> right, Gillingham at home. Win. Christmas Dolphins are one and truly out. Uh, Sunderland at home. We're going to win five nil, and Ricky Holmes is going to get a hat trick. Okay, Blackpool away. Win. <laughs> right, Lincoln away. Win. Oh my god, uh, you've got your eighteen now, haven't you? Yeah. Three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen. Keep sorry, going. Fleetwood away. Win. 18 points. And we're going to lose to Wigan, yeah. (laughs) And we'll lose to Wigan. (laughs) And if that, by some miracle, happens, I want A-stars and Jeffy points coming my way. Oh, I'm I'm definitely going to keep it and make sure. So there we go, then. That's our predictions for the next seven (laughs) games. It's not happening, boys and girls. It's definitely not happening. Uh, But we'll keep that and we'll make sure. And we'll get Neil's then. In fact, we'll do Neil's now. Are you ready? Uh, Game switch away. Loss. Uh, Gillingham at home. Loss. (laughs) Sunderland at home. Loss. Blackpool away. Loss. Lincoln away. Loss. Fleetwood away. Loss. Wigan away. One point draw. Um, so there you go. There's Neil's done for, and that was easy enough. Right, the rest of this post, right, let's have a look. Um, at I follow NTFC on Twitter, he said, I don't get why we can't play more football, at least be entertaining, even only a bit. We're poor, we've lost our heart, and we're annoyingly boring. I'm very quickly going to answer this. Um, we can't play more football and be entertaining because we're rubbish. Done. Uh, Shane, at Fair Reality is this um, on Twitter. Poorly assembled squad, just not good enough. Simple as that. Joe Ball said, it's obvious Curl's time is up, but is anyone going to get better from that lot? To quote Dean Austin, not sure. Tyler Jason, I'm trying to be pragmatic about where we are. Limited budget, key players going, the step up and the fact we were lucky to go up to begin with equals everyone knowing it would be tough, but you can't keep getting spanked 4-0. Fair point, I think. I agree with um, that comment. It's a good comment. That's a good, op- it is. a good pragmatic approach. Uh, Northampton Town Turkey account, which is Emin uh, on Twitter. I think I'm jinxed, he says. I watched the Oxford United game. We lost 4-0. I then watched today's match and we lost 4-0. What should I do? Not watch, Emin. Okay, there you go. There you go, Emin. <laughs> not, that, not that we don't like you, my love, but let, let's not jinx it anymore. I mean, I assume he's uh, watched some matches before that that we've won. So. I hope so. I'm not sure Emin's the amount of our problems at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't either. Uh, Brian Hayward, having watched that team live for the first time, little team spirit, no confidence in each other. Most players aren't good enough for this level. Couldn't tell you what our game plan was. It was far too easy for Lincoln. By far our worst tier three team I can recall. Well, there you go, a little tear joke in there from Brian. Can we can we point out as well on that note that Neil said the same? That that going to watch... What, he, the... he said a really bad tier three joke? No, no, no. But he said oh. going to watch... Made oh, it yeah. made it feel like they actually are worse. They they're worse in person. It it feels more helpless, and that was from someone that had been in the stadium that day. So that's quite a good point that two people that listen or or are involved have said that. Mm-hmm. So that's an important observation because that's maybe what the general feeling is. 
Gavin Foster says, to follow up a 4-0 loss with another 4-0 loss, this time at home when we were promised a reaction, shows that there is something seriously wrong. We've been here before and lack of action uh, from the board cost us the last time we were in this division. Two of our next three games are against Ipswich and Sunderland and I cannot see us getting anything there. So how long do you wait to make a change? I can't see him turning this one around and the fans are now restless. Thanks for last season, Keith, but it's time to move on now for ours and your sake oh yeah it's pretty much that is pretty much how it is throughout our post bag today from everybody that's got involved the one thing uh that i quite enjoyed though was from man at cna who in reply to us basically asking for your thoughts just said is carbonara better than lasagna <laughs> which actually is outrageous no it's, no, not. it's not that's ridiculous yeah ridiculous <laughs> statement to make man at cna but congrats for getting in touch merry christmas I mean, we want we want more questions like that mm. come on get, get more stuff like that we need more, more of that in these, uh, in these oh, times yeah on on this important note let me throw another one in there right Dawn has told me we're not allowed pigs in blankets this Christmas. I was outraged. I oh, went and, yeah, exactly. I went and picked up 24 just for myself. Good on you. That's Good on that's you. That's Ridiculous. Right, just quickly then, before we finish up for this week, um, a few other little bits and pieces in here. Uh, the EFL and its 72 clubs have launched Team Talk. Uh, this is in an effort to urge supporters to talk and stay connected throughout the Christmas and January period and keep the conversation around mental health going. Um, really, really important, really close to our heart. If, if you want to know any more information about that, then I, I go to EFL.com and, and there will be uh, all the links that you need on there. Um, but essentially, Danny, it's it's about just keeping talking and not, well, trying not to be alone, isn't it? Yes, exactly that. And I think we found ourselves since we set up the pod, having a WhatsApp group, like a really simple thing like that, um, just helps us day to day in terms of talking about what's going on. Like some of us can be really down on some days um, and it's just a listening ear. Sometimes it's easier to type stuff as well than to than to phone someone, which is equally as helpful to to just to know like a couple of other people are there listening and knowing what you're going through. Um, I think it's really, really helped us all, all four of us at different stages over the last couple of years. So this is a great initiative, I think, to, to have a look. I think it's on the Cobblers website as well. Um, so definitely, uh, especially in this season, just to, just to go and have a look at that as well. Uh, yeah, brilliant. Um, and finally, just to finish off this very, very, very festive edition of It's All Cobblers to Me, <laughs> Um, Christmas is obviously on Friday. Um, I want to know from both of you, what would we buy Cobblers players for Christmas? What would you buy them? Go on, Chessie. Pick a cobbler, any cobbler. What would you buy them for Christmas? Okay. Keep it clean. I would buy Ricky Holmes a gnome to keep him company. Love, <laughs> love it. Love it. Danny? Uh I'd buy Joseph Mills his fitness back because we we miss him. Get him back in. He's my fave, as you know. Get him back in. Um, I'd buy uh, Samuel Tobias Hoskins some goalkeeper gloves, <laughs> just in case, to get him ready. Um, what else? Who else can we buy stuff for? Who deserves a present? Keith Curl. Anything. Keith oh, Curl, get him something. Well, do you know what? I'm going to say one in, on behalf of Sean, because Sean has been significantly bothered by Keith Curl's coat since Keith Curl arrived at the club, saying that it was not uh, neither a coat nor a jacket and that the length of this coat was a serious issue. So I think on behalf of Sean, Sean would buy Keith a wonderful new coat. Oh, okay, lovely. Um, I was just going to say that I would buy Keith Curl a whole new cobbler's squad. That's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening to It's All Cobblers to Me. I hope you've enjoyed this this festive edition that we've put for you. Um, and uh, I, I hope that you'll be back here next time as well. Don't forget, if you want to reach out for anything, um, then please do. We're on Twitter at Cobblers to Me or on Facebook. It's All Cobblers to Me. Um, send us an email. It's all cobblers at gmail.com. One of us will pick it up. And if you just want to chat, we're absolutely happy to do that. We're all on Twitter. We're all on Facebook just uh, reach out and we'll be happy to talk um it is christmas it is the season season for giving as they say um if you want to give us anything back then the one thing that i would ask at this christmas time is that you just hit subscribe tell a friend about us ask them to go and listen to an episode and also just maybe leave us a review on apple podcasts 
that would be lovely. Doing all of that will just help more people find it, especially more Cobblers fans. So if you do know a Cobblers fan that doesn't listen to us, why not just ask them to give us a go? That would be lovely. I hope you have a really enjoyable Christmas, guys. I hope you get everything you wanted. Um, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing you next week and speaking more Cobblers. And hopefully, hopefully, we'll get three points from somewhere soon. Sunderland, that's where we'll get them. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, folks, you absolute legends. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Love you all. Peace and love. Oh. The end bell. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.